I'm Colin Martin, and you're listening to the Sound of the Loons podcast. evening depending on when this finds you welcome to the sound of the loons podcast i'm steve mcpherson and i'm here with calm williams i i don't have anything funny no for the first time ever you don't have anything funny no i think i didn't have anything funny like three weeks ago um i also um let's talk about fleabag have you watched the show fleabag what's fleabag it's a great show it's British. First of all, you should like it. You're British. <laughs> Don't you like is that how it works, British? is it? Right? It is. Um, uh, Fleabag is it's a show on Amazon Prime. Do you have Amazon Prime? No, I don't. I'm not shilling for it. You can have it or not. I don't really care. Yeah. Um, it's quite good. It's about a young woman, a young British woman, uh, whose name is Fleabag, which I didn't figure out for like three or four episodes. Her parents hated her. Uh, apparently. Uh, <laughs> played by this woman, uh, Phoebe, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I believe is her name. Great name. Um, yes. Very extremely British. Waller-Bridge. Waller-Bridge. And she's single. She's in her early 30s. She's sort of, she has a sister who's successful. Uh, she runs a cafe. She's kind of a free spirit. And the sort of standout thing about it is that she breaks the fourth wall, like, constantly. She's, like, always look, looking into the, the camera with uh, <laughs> hilarious looks. She is, like, I said last night on Twitter, she is, like, the Steph Curry of breaking the fourth wall. It's just heat check just every time she looks, and it's great. It's hilarious. Uh, it's very funny. It's very British. Again, for um, you Anglophiles, I would highly recommend it. So. What's it called? Fleabag. Fleabag. I'm make a note of this. Yeah, make a note. Uh, again, it's on Amazon Prime, so I don't know if you can get You probably get it on iTunes or something like that. But anyways, uh, that's, my, th- that's my show recommendation for the for the week. And that was only the first, like, minute and a half of the show. So now we can talk about soccer. Um, <laughs> I got it out of the way. Have you, have you been watching anything? Is there anything that uh, has been tickling your fancy? Um... Oh. Do you know what I? It's just all I've, soccer, I've, I've wall just, to wall. Yeah, wall all wall soccer, wall. all the time. <laughs> you're just a, you're like a precog in Minority Report. It's just soccer. yeah, just uh, the missus and I have been watching reruns of Friends. That's about all as right. exciting as it's been getting recently. Ambitious. You know? Do you find Friends? Uh, do you find Friends to be sort of painfully slow in in this day and age? Like uh, my wife and I were watching. Oh, wait, where's the? No, that's not that one. Wait, I, we got we got this way. <laughs> my wife. There it is. Okay, okay. there we go. Um, uh, my wife and I were watching it on vacation. It was happened to be on TV, and it was just it takes they put so much work into a very small plot point for a thirty minute show. I just feel like my attention span can't take Friends anymore. Um, yeah, I, I could see that. I do you know what the the thing that I have been watching actually, which is similar to Friends but just better, is How I Met Your Mother. Okay, that's really really. I quite enjoy that. Two of my no, friends. I was going to say two of my friends. That's not true. Two guys I went to college with uh, made that show. I believe. I think you've told me this before. Yeah, it's. Uh, they were like a couple years ahead of me at Wesleyan, and uh, they were in a terrific band. <laughs> that was. It was sort of a soul review band before that was before retro soul stuff kind of became popular. But they played like straight up covers of like stacks stuff with ho- a horn section. And they were called the Testoster Tones, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fantastic name for for that kind of band. But it was uh, Carter Blanchard. I'm gonna sorry. I, he, he, there's no way he listens to this podcast. Anyways, <laughs> you never know. So they were behind How I Met Your Mother. Josh and Carter were their first names. Okay. Um, so yeah, how many years ahead of them? They were like were two they? years ahead of me or something like that. So basically now, 
you've got two years to make to create a big like a rival to how I met your mother. Yes. You, you've got two years. No pressure. Uh, yeah, uh, something about a mother and how I did something, but I don't I don't know exactly how I'm going to connect the dots. Anyways, uh, let's talk about Philadelphia. Um, mm. It's a great city, first of all. It is. Um, proximate home of our good friend Michael Shields. Mm-hmm. Um, Chapoy, as, as he might be known. Um, the, the game against the Philadelphia Union, um, frustrating to watch as an observer, just because mm. of the number, of, the sheer number of chances generated. Um, I was reading up on it, though, people's reactions to it. Um, uh, our friend Bobby Warshaw, who I've never actually met, but he works in MLS, so I feel like he's a, co- he's a co-worker. Um, he mostly doesn't know what he's talking about, I'm pretty sure. But um, <laughs> <laughs> he also doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, but in his estimation, he said that was the best Minnesota United's looked in a game. Like, just sort of in, in a vacuum, looking at Minnesota United's play. The team just lost. I, I, I find it a little hard to agree with that just because they lost. Like, I, I mean, it was the finishing, right? At some point you have to finish. You have to actually make those shots. Mm. Um, but I sort of see his point. I mean, Philly's a good team. They're yep. on top of the Eastern conference. Um, they're doing it with a very balanced attack, a very solid defense. They're smart. I think um, they got a couple guys who are great um, at different elements. We'll get to Medunian's free kick, which is, which is beautiful. Um, but what do you, what was your, what was your reaction on the day? A mixture of of satisfaction and frustration because, as you mentioned, Minnesota created so many opportunities, and 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 you know we've not long spoken to Adrian Heath, and you know I agree with everything he said in in the the way that you would be slightly concerned if you if you're on the sideline, you're watching your team play, and they're not creating chances. We have an abundance of creativity in this Minnesota United lineup, um, and I. I don't think creating opportunities is ever really going to be an issue for us. The main issue that we have now, and everybody knows it, let's not um, walk on eggshells here, it's it's we need to score more goals. It's as simple as that. Um, and by no means is that purely a fault on, on Angelo Rodriguez. That is a collective issue throughout the entirety of the roster. We simply don't score enough goals. Now, I, I am going to assume that the team... We'll address this during the summer transfer window. I think there are other ways around it as well. I think Philadelphia as well, in in my opinion, Steve, that was one of the the better defensive displays I've seen from a team come in to Allianz Field as well. Yeah, it's because not like just missing 29 shots. There was no, 15 blocks, you know, they, which they, is a lot. So. I, I thought the combination of Elliott and Trusty at centre-half they threw themselves in front of the ball countless amounts of times. I thought Wagner, the left back, was was about as consistent as can be. And the right back, Gaddis, was about as solid as can be as well. So that back four in front of a really good goalkeeper, Andre Blake, it's very difficult to break down. Even when you get to, even before you get to that line as well, you've got to get the better of, um, of Hanich Madunyanin, who I thought was exceptional as well. So they are perhaps the the most consistent and stern units that have come to Allianz Field so far. That's fair. So many people were saying how and why Philadelphia are doing as well as they are. Um, If you look at the money they've spent compared to the likes of Toronto and Atlanta uh, and Red Bulls over the years and all the teams that have been towards the top end of the Eastern Conference, this is the first time since the Union came into Major League Soccer nine, ten years ago that they've been within this realm. Mm -hmm. I think... um, 
Jim Curtin has, has got to take a tremendous amount of credit for that. And I was wondering myself, watching tape and everything coming into that game, how and why? How does it work for them? And I just, I, I have to believe after what I've seen now on Sunday that they are the real deal. They are not pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, they certainly, I, I wouldn't describe them as flamboyant. Right. But what I would describe them as would be consistent and stern. And they they take no garbage. This is what they do. This is how they play. This is how they operate. They are, um, they are about as consistent a team as I have seen so far this season. And I didn't believe that they were going to continue like this despite them having a good run in the previous 13 games. Mm-hmm. But now I've seen them in the flesh, I firmly believe that Philadelphia Union will be in the postseason moving forward. Yeah. Now, is it... It's Wagner, right? Yes. Kai? Kai Wagner, yes. Kai Wagner. I, it's funny because I've been looking at his name, you know, in fantasy sort of over the season. I'm like, Wagner, right? You know? And I'm like, it's, 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 it's Wagner, which makes me think it's, it, it makes me think of Richard Wagner, the composer, which is, so anybody who talks about Wagner lining up at, at fullback, I think of like Richard Wagner, the composer, lining up at fullback. Anyways, um, enough of that. Um, the real deal element of, of Philadelphia, it is interesting to look at the East because the East has seen a couple different teams sort of float to the top. Um, there is a certain completeness to Philadelphia aside from elite finishing, um, but they've shown that maybe they don't they don't need that. You've got a guy. Montero looks terrific, first yep. of all. Um, and Madunian again, you know, to have a free kick, a, a specialist like that who also is is a stalwart, uh, you know, in in that midfield is no tremendous. Nonsense, yep. Yeah, you know, the, there's there's a steadiness to them that feels like you know because you look at some teams. Um, I mean, Atlanta is maybe has turned the corner and is now figuring it out, but obviously they've been sort of a swing from, from very not good to, to a lot better. DC looked dominant. Then they looked sort of flawed LA galaxy. When they looked, when they look good, look great. When they look bad, they look terrible. Philly just has a sort of, it doesn't feel like the variance is there as much. It feels like they are. I mean, they, they started a little, a little, uh, they were not scoring those chances, but they were always creating chances the entire mm-hmm. season. So, um, they're very, they're they're going to be a very interesting and 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 fun team to watch, especially Montero, man. Montero was was full of energy, wasn't he? And also, we, we've not even mentioned the um, the presence of U.S. international Alejandro Bedoya as well. Yeah. who I thought I hardly put a foot wrong as well. So, um, yeah, but I I, I do wonder um, what this Philadelphia Union side would look with a centre forward who could score 15, 20 goals. I wonder what that would look like. You know, I thought um, the Brazilian chap Santos was a handful. And Oof, I know... Let's not talk about that guy. <laughs> I got my issues. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Um, let, so let's let's go back to Minnesota United a little bit. I want to talk a little bit more, bit more about the finishing because I think that, it, you know, it seems like, obviously, that's all anyone wants to talk about, right? But um, I think Adrian Heath has made the point that, I mean, I think he sort of he sort of said not that he's washing his hands of the situation, but he's like, "Look, we're producing those chances, right? He can't go out there and kick kick the ball into the goal, you know. Like it's up to those guys to sort of like do that, make those finishes. Do you feel like in watching the team, like one thing that I was sort of struck by in a couple of those chances, it feels like the team needs a, a, a like a four goal game to just kind of break through that because it seems like a lot of guys, Angelo, um, Darwin." Abu to some extent, 
maybe Ethan, it seems like they've got the opportunity and then they just want to make it perfect. And there's just a like a, a half second too much time spent trying to like figure it out. And at, at sometimes at some moments when it should just go. Yeah. The, um, like just a little, like a little too much time with the ball um, to try to like make it think a little too much. You just need to sort of go. They're playing a split second too much at the moment. Yeah. I saw Ethan when he was on the edge of the penalty area against the union. He had a clear path. Well, not necessarily a clear pathway, but a, a pathway of some sort. Um, towards goal, and he opted to cut inside, mm-hmm. and then tried it again, and again. And I, I thought, you're going to just release the ball, you know, let it fly. And, and there was another one where he he cut inside onto the edge, and because he tried a little bit too much again, it fortunately ricocheted into Rodriguez, who, who then um, executed a first time shot, which was well saved by Blake. But um, yeah, I, I know what you mean by that. Yeah, it feels as though we're trying to be a little too pretty at the moment. And look, when they come off, my word, they look gorgeous, those types of goals. But um, I agree. I think right now Minnesota United could kill for a 3-4-0 scoreline of some sort. Um, and there's, there's a sprinkling of players who do need a goal. Yeah. Um, I, I would put Abu Dunladi amongst that category. I would put... Um, Angelo Rodriguez, I think, could do with a goal. I think Miguel Ibarra is desperate for his first goal at Allianz Field. Sure. Um, Darwin. Darwin with, goes goal. without saying. You know, it's now eight games without a goal or assist for, for Darwin Quintero. And and look, that that's, from a statistical point of view, that's simply not good enough for, from yeah. someone like him who's a designated player. He's expected to be the man. Um, but having said that, um, I thought the majority of those players we've just mentioned were, were really unfortunate against Philadelphia. There was um, an opportunity, I think it was Dotson who played in the ball from the left. And, um, yep, though and Angelo sort of tipped it over to Darwin. It was yeah, right and, and, yeah, and Quintero was there. He had the goal gaping, and all of a sudden, Elliot just throws himself in front of, of the ball and, and made a tremendous block. And yeah. it's... Um, yeah, it's, it's just not flowing for them right now. But I, I, I do think... Once these players get themselves a goal, it'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, I think that, and I think there's a little risk in, you know, I think that some people are probably antsy about what do we have to do? What do we have to change? What has to be done? Um, I think that you run the risk of if you, again, you look at a team that created 29 chances, right? If you change something, like they're creating the chances. They might they, they might lose some of that chance creation and maybe they get a goal or two out of it. But like, are you lowering the ceiling? Right now, it seems like the ceiling is high, right? If you finish, mm. you know, they could have had five goals in that game. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I'm sort of for staying the course, generally speaking, um, and hoping that, you know, we've seen, you know, Darwin has run hot and cold before. He had an amazing July. He sort of fell off in August last year. Maybe that's coming. You know, mm. like, and when it happens, maybe that, that breaks it wide open again. You know, Adrian is a former striker. He knows goals come in, in chunks. Yes. Um, I think that's what they're leaning on. So let's talk a little bit about, I wanted to specifically mention that the, the penalty that the union got off of Brent's tackle. I thought that Brent was, um, he took responsibility for it. I watched the replay. He talked about after the game, how he thought he had more time. It was just a mistake. And he admitted that it was a mistake. He even, he said how he looked up field to see who he was going to clear it to. Cause he just thought he was going to have time to clear it out of there. And then he just didn't cause Santos ran onto it and that the penalty was, was deserved. Um, 
it was a mistake by Brent, but I really like that he really owned it, I think. Yeah, he's a constant professional, isn't he, Brent Coleman? Yeah. He is someone who will always admit to his mistakes. Um, he is somebody who um, will always try and lead by example. He is uh, someone who I get the feeling is um, is beyond proud to be where he is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's really good to have somebody like that in the locker room. And, um, yeah, look, it, it was a penalty. It yeah. was a mistimed challenge. There's no debate. Brent gets none of the ball. He gets all the player. It is about as stonewall a penalty as you will ever see. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, what, what I like is that Brent then said, yep, my mistake, but we'll move on. Yeah. And, um, you know, Kalman has um, has really come of age again. You know, we spoke about this on, a, on a, an earlier podcast where it sort of seems to take Brent Coleman a couple of games to get into the lineup. And then yeah. people are reminded, oh, actually, he's, he's not bad. Yeah. Um, it's nine consecutive starts for him now. And I think it'll be the 10th consecutive start against Colorado, which is a, a team he made his MLS debut against. Yes, um, I remember that. I think, uh, yeah, the good old days of 2017. <laughs> Ooh, they were not uh, that good. No. <laughs> it's like when he had the Thor hair still. Yeah. So. He looks um, much better now. Yes, he does. Um, but look, A glow up for Brent Coleman, I'll say. Yes. Um, but no, look, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to see uh, what Brent Coleman can continue to offer this franchise moving forward. Uh and Madunian's free kick. I oh. said we were come back to it. Just tremendous. Yeah, glorious. Picture, picture perfect. Uh, the play that led to him getting it, not so much. No, but again, look, it's it's a, a little defensive mishap, a little miscue. Um, yeah. I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen someone spend as much time on the ground as Santos since my three and a half year old threw tantrums like last weekend. So, anyways, enough about that. Uh, let's preview Colorado. Uh, I don't know that Colorado have turned it completely around uh, with, you know, a, a few game sample size here, but they're now 3-0-1 in their last four, mm-hmm. um, including a draw against Philadelphia on the road, um, which is no small feat, and a clean sheet win against the Galaxy, a 1-0 win, which, you know, maybe is a, one, a 1-0 win. I don't know how much you can ever draw conclusions from that, but what, um, to me, it seems like they've really simplified their approach uh, from based on what I've watched. I haven't got to watch a whole game. I've watched some highlights. I've sort of read up and, and looked at some analysis of it um, and sort of just done that simple thing of saying, we're going to fall back and defend and we're going to go out and get goals in the counterattack. They have, I was, I was reading that they're in those four games, they're second to last in possession in the league uh, in terms of possession percentage and second in expected goals. Um, so that's fun. I like counterattacking soccer. It's one of my favorite kinds. Yeah, I think that there is still the feeling that the Colorado Rapids right now are absurdly open and are, are certainly there for the taking. Sure. Um, because they, you, you're right, they're on a good run, but they've still not proven that they can do this consistently um, throughout the entirety of the season. Um I, I have noticed there's been a formation change since Connor Casey has taken over on, on an interim basis. Um, I Look, I, I was told two weeks ago that Robin Frazier will get the job there and, and obviously then MLS um, got a hold of it and uh, reports um, would suggest that that will still happen. Um, the interesting thing though now, Steve, is is what, what happens? How can you change it? When can you change it? Um, because Connor Casey has done a really decent job so far. Yeah. Right. So the locker room must be in a good place, I'm assuming. How can you change it? Yeah. When do you change it? Do you change it at all? You know, I, I wonder, have they already offered um, Robin Fraser the, the gig and said, 
just wait. <laughs> yeah. Just wait because yeah. right now we're on a on a good uh, on a good run. Um, yeah, there's a there's a bit of a I think I'm using this right. Dead cat bounce. Is that what I'm thinking of? Um, a dead cat. Yeah. Bounce. Have you heard? <laughs> What on earth is a dead believe, cat bounce? Now I'm going to have to look this up. Um, I, look, I have to look up the provenance of a dead cat bounce. Uh, a temp- okay, so here's the definition. A temporary recovery in share prices after a substantial fall caused by speculators buying in order to cover their positions. So it comes from finance. But, um, but the basic idea is that, uh, you know, in sports, it's that a change causes an upswing because, okay. you know, it, it just reorients the chemistry uh, they have a good run after just a, there's that feeling of lightness of, of a situation, you know, uh, that was difficult being relieved. But then eventually, if Connor Casey is not the guy, you're going to have to make that change. So timing that, like you're saying, timing that change is like, do you wait for it to fall apart again? <laughs> do you because there's still there's things that Anthony Hudson said that were not he was not wrong to say, like, this is not a roster that can compete with the upper echelons of MLS, mm-hmm. right? I mean, your 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 big designated player is your retiring goalkeeper. <laughs> you know, that is not a, a, an ideal situation. It's fun to see guys like, you know, Shinyashiki. Yeah, Shinyashiki. Yes. Oh, I said it right. Shinyashiki. <laughs> uh, and our our boy, Sam Nicholson. Sammy Nick. Sammy Nick out there, like, flying up and down. That's great. It's fun. It's super fun. I don't know if it's a recipe for long-term success. So are, do you try to insert him just at the end of this run? <laughs> How do you time that? I don't know. Um, I would, yeah, if I could, I would bet some money that as soon as the Rapids lose, Robin Fraser will be in the next day. <laughs> Man, Connor Casey coaching for his job. Uh, let's talk about Kai Kamara because, uh, he's also looked very good uh, yeah. in, the, in this recent run. And obviously an all-time goal scorer in, in MLS. Fifth all-time. And, uh, somebody I know quite well from Kansas City. He, he scored an abundance of goals in this league and um, his best year was was 2015 at Columbus Crew when he got 22. Um, the majority of those goals were assisted by our very own Ethan Finlay. Um, obviously, to Ethan Finlay. Uh, obviously, they went to MLS Cup and lost to the Timbers that year. But um, a lot of the um, a lot of this formation switch for the Rapids really suits Kai Kamara. Really, really does. Um, you know, they were almost a 4-4-2 diamond before mm-hmm. and it just didn't really work and I for the life of me couldn't understand why why Anthony Hudson didn't change it um you know every coach has their preferred system I get that but you know for for a while they were consistently poor and um just looking at the lineup that they played against Cincinnati and unsurprisingly again it's a 4-2-3-1 mm-hmm. and what they tend to do is they'll have Price and Acosta the two deeper central midfielders Acosta will be the one who will provide the secondary run when they attack on the transition and Price will just sit deep um, the, the, the fullbacks aren't quite as aggressive as Minnesota's. Rosenberry will go and offer support. Win, not so much. Um, but Jack Price will be the dictator. He will launch balls forward and, and look for the big presence of Kai Kamara. Um, Cole Bassett, the, the youngster, um, I, th- I believe he's not turned 18 yet. He, um, he, he was playing in the number 10 role and he has done a few times now for them. He, he's somebody I would encourage people to watch uh, moving forward. You know, maybe... Um, the next U20 World Cup in a couple of years. It wouldn't surprise me if he was a part of that roster. He, he's impressed um, big time. Uh, Sammy Nicholson now very much getting a game. He was in and out of the, the, the starting 11 mm-hmm. um, in the first 10, 12 games of the season. Shin Yashiki has, has really impressed as well. Um, I, I was doing the numbers and looking at the stats during prep yesterday and his collegiate numbers uh, are absurd it's something like 53 goals in 65 starts like it it is an it's impressive good number good rate. um 
And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if moving forward, you know, Kai Kamara's 34, he's, he's, he's not going to be around, um, you know, for the next five five years. He's not going to be around in, in five years' time, rather. It wouldn't surprise me if, if Shin Yashiki is the player who would lead their line moving forward. But, look, they've got a decent a decent roster. Rubio is, is a good centre-forward, the Chilean international who's worked his way back into the international scene. Um, obviously, they traded for Mesquita from Vancouver, who who's handy as well. Um, scored against Cincinnati, scored a decent goal as well, so he's he's confident. Um, but the issue for the Rapids over the course of the last 18 months, Steve, that has been defensively. Um, I remember seeing when they signed the, the centre-half duo of Wilson and Smith. Now, I saw Tommy Smith playing in the championship for Ipswich Town because he spent the majority of his career there, and I thought that was a decent signing. Then they brought in Danny Wilson, who at one stage cost Liverpool a decent amount of money, Um he he started his career at Rangers, ended up going to Hearts after Liverpool, um, then back to Rangers, helped them on promotion, back to the SBL. And I thought to myself, yeah, it's a good signing. But the two of them together, in my opinion, I was having this conversation with a commentator I know back in England yesterday. With all due respect, that isn't the answer in this league anymore. Sure. It may very well have been five, six, seven years ago. But the league has come on leaps and bounds. The quality of opposition that they go up against on a regular basis, they're not strong enough. Mm. So now I see they they bring in uh, Lala Sabubakar on loan from Columbus Crew. How fun is his name to say? Fabulous. I can't wait to, <laughs> to utter that on, on many an occasion on Saturday. Uh, assuming I hope he, he plays. has a goal because just the, the long, Lala Sabubakar <laughs> would just be super satisfying. Yes, it would. I'll do that just for you if he scores. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and... Um, um, I, I, I think, you know, Abubakar was was very much a part of the furniture at Columbus Crew last season. Yeah. Berhalter liked him. He played over 25 games. Now Caleb Porter's come in, has other ideas. So I think that's a really smart signing by Colorado Rapids. Um, he's a, a, a big, abrasive, but also fast individual as well. He's, you know, when you think of, of um, you know, gargantuan centre-backs and you think of sort of, Man Mountain type centre backs. You don't often mm. associate them with pace, yeah. but Abubakar has plenty of it. So it, it's been a good good pickup. He's on loan for the season, and it wouldn't surprise me if they make that deal permanent at the end of the year. But sure. that that'll be interesting. Abubakar, and I'm assuming it's either going to be Rodriguez or Dunlady. Again, I'm sure we'll get to this, but I'm intrigued to see what Adrian's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but whoever goes up against the centre half um, pairing of, I'm assuming it'll be Smith and Abubakar. It's um, it's going to be a busy evening for them for sure. Yeah, I uh, I don't know that much about Danny Wilson. I was just struck struck by it when you were talking about it. That I don't I don't trust a center back named Danny. Like Danny doesn't strike. <laughs> I like a Jack Jack Elliott. Jack Price is a good holding okay. old up. midfielder yep. name. Jack just feels Danny just feels stern, doesn't it? Danny, yeah, does Danny it, Husen, that seems right. Does it feel slightly like weak wrists or something? Well, you I don't know, know. I mean, I mean, I mean, like I don't know if I would go that far. I just think it's I don't know. It just doesn't seem stalwart in the same kind of way. As, and when, as when, jack, I, when yeah. I say weak wrists as well, I mean slightly sort of, you know, um, soft in the manner of, you know, the, the saying in, in soccer is obviously goalkeeper, if you palm the ball away, sometimes right. you don't palm it away because of weak wrists and stuff. Sure, you know, and, yes. And right, I, right. I just, I yeah, maybe that's, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. What about, let's, uh, last thing I want to touch on, because you mentioned about the question of, of Dunlady versus Rodriguez, a lot of lineup choices that, that Adrian is going to have to make with missing, you know, players as international clubs come due. Um, any any thoughts on your end in terms of what you think is going to happen or what what you see happening? Plenty. Um, but first of all, centre half named Danny, Danny Bath at Wolves, or he was at Wolves, 
Bruce. All right. So all let's right. not even get... Prove me wrong, <laughs> dandies of the world. <laughs> um, in terms of what's going to happen, obviously we, we have a plethora of, of international absentees. The Rapids only have one in Jonathan Lewis, who's away with the national team, uh, the US national team. Um, I, I could see Adrian going with a three at the back again or five at the back, depending on how you want to you wanna view it. Um, sure. Me, personally, I, I, would, I would go 4-2-3-1 and I would have Boxall at right back, Miller at left back, two centre-halves as, as usual. I would go Dotson and Alonso in the two central midfield areas. You're blowing my hair back right now. <laughs> and I would go, you know, uh, Finlay, Quintero... Miguel Ibarra, and um, I, I would actually go uh, Abu Dhanladi for this game. But, um, you know, that that that's what I would do. But it wouldn't surprise me if it's 3-5-2 and you have Miller and Dotson or, or Miller and Ibarra. Um, this is uh, assuming if Miller's available, he wasn't training today. So, sure. um, you know, and, and then what do you do? I mean, does Lawrence Olam come in and make his first uh, MLS appearance for, for Minnesota? Yeah. Um, you know, that there's, there's um, really a slew of, of things you could do. But... Um, I I think the good thing is is that Minnesota actually have the capabilities in the roster to do this now. Whereas, yeah, there could be some know. there could be some interesting wrinkles that happen that you know unveil new ways of thinking about who plays mm-hmm. where and how the team plays. I think that the um, I mean it, it. I sort of could see the three five two as that seems likely to me. You're yep. on the road. You're at altitude. You're probably going to try to play a tough game. Um, you've got, you've got all of Boxy, Ike and Brent, you know, who have all been good at, you know, in their, on their, in their own rights at different points in the season. And they're all together. You could put them all together in there, yep. have Miguel and, and maybe Hassani stays back there. Um, but you know, it is tough because you're missing Jan and then you're missing, uh, a likely Jan replacement, which is R- Rasmus. So you've sort of got a dearth of options there. But I also like the idea of maybe Abu and Rodriguez up top, you know, at the yep. top of that too. You've got a guy with pace who can get him behind. You've still got that option for hold to play if that if that works. So, uh, you know, it's it's going to be fun to see. I mean, I think that it, this is where we hit the, the – it's, it's a weird moment in the season where there's sort of a break, but you're also running into you've got to play some games with different people. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity. It's a crisis-tunity, <laughs> if you will, um, for the team. So, it, I mean, it's going to be – I always like these parts, you know, like I like seeing a team firing on all cylinders. I also like seeing how a team reacts to a kind of adversity like this. It's a game that is, as it stands, sprinkled in possibilities. And I can't wait to call it. Would you say it's glistening in possibilities? No. We had a little discussion about (laughs) glistening. I think I'm going to encourage you to retire the word glistening. Okay. At least for a while. I'll do what I can. It's a little close to moist, and I don't like, I don't think that's a good way to describe soccer. So, um, anyways, thanks for joining us for the 60th Sound of the Loons podcast. Minnesota United's next game is on Saturday, June 8th, when Minnesota United – I didn't write this very well. This is becoming like a, a light motif. This is a this, thing now, isn't it? Yeah. Now. I'm like not doing a good job here. Minnesota United's next game is on Saturday, June 8th, when the Loons travel to Colorado to face the Rapids at 8 p.m. Central Time. You can watch that game on Fox Sports North. That I am right about. I double yep, checked. Yes, you are. <laughs> and listen on Score North. Be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes and subscribe. Thanks, everybody, also for listening to the podcast. I yes. feel like I don't thank our listeners enough, but thank you, everybody. Thank you. We thanks, love you. Thanks, Bobby Warshaw. Thank you. Who is the other person I disparaged? Um, um, Santos. Somebody. He's Sergio Santos. Yeah. He's my, oh, the composer. Oh, Richard, Richard Wagner. Yes, there we go. Yeah. Sorry, Richard Wagner. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm going to apologize to Richard Wagner every week now. Uh, Leave us a nice review on iTunes, the very least a five-star rating. Follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC. You can follow Cal at CalWilliams.com and me at Steve Entris. And remember, there's only one person in this whole world like you. 
and people can like you exactly as you are.